Welcome to the Becoming Heroes podcast with Lex McKee. Today's topic is the pen is mightier than Corona. Yes. Let's uh, have a quote from the amazing Buckminster Fuller. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Wow. Uh, reading Conversational Intelligence, How Great Leaders Build Trust and Get Extraordinary Results by Judith E. Glasser. I was um, struck by the relevance of her signature quote to the current corona crisis. Much of the media's energy and the public's behaviour is being channelled into fighting the existing reality. Let's read that quote again. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Buckminster Fuller. Without doubt, the world one year on will be a different world, a reality that will be unrecognisable from the current one. In fact, the world in only three months' time is going to be drastically different. Ask any restaurateur or organiser of public events or travel agent. This blog is uh, one in the series on the Think Pen, an approach I have to thinking just using a four-colour pen. So what follows is compatible with Judith's work, but not identical. I recommend you check out her work for yourself. What I wanted to do was to add to my series of applications of a four-colour ink process embodied in a widely available four-colour pen. The many and various uses of applications turn the ink into think. If you're familiar with my think pen, you'll also know it's tied into Dr. Susan Dellinger's psychogeometric system of shapes for communication. Perhaps here they would be better described as conversational shapes. In the written blog, there's a picture of a box, a triangle, a circle, a squiggle, and a rectangle. And the rectangle is the frame round the four shapes there. But I want you to think of those five shapes. Box, triangle, circle, squiggle, and rectangle. If you've not come across the shapes test before, it only takes about six seconds. Worth the pause for thought. There are five shapes to reorder in your sequence of choice. So let's think about them. Box, triangle, circle, squiggle, and rectangle. Intuitively, I'm going to ask you to put them in order from your first choice, perhaps even your favourite shape, through to the one that appeals to you the least. The vast majority of people intuitively choose these conversational styles as if guided by some Jungian archetype. Here's what they mean most of the time. The box. The box is the perfect shape for data-driven conversations. No emotion is necessary. Just get the facts and keep to them. What we want to do is use words as packets of information when we're in the box conversational style. And when we've got all the right information, we can tick the box. The triangle. The triangle is the perfect frame for conversations that have more than one side. Here, words are indicators of orientation. They are pointed in a direction, pointed like a triangle, pointed in a direction, or can be seen from one side or another. Moving a conversation from a detached point to a side where each side touches all the others is a great way to build rapport. We might say, for example, seeing it from your perspective, I can see where you're coming from. I get the point. So let's move from the point to side-by-side -side conversations. The circle, then, is an interesting one because there's no sides to a circle, only an inclusiveness, only a shared focal point. When two circles overlap, we get a Venn diagram. 
For the circular frame, the round window on the situation, words are containers of emotion and of meaning and of value. Through the round window, we see trust and build the relationship. We have a circle of friends and a circle of influence. What about the squiggle? The squiggle doesn't have a frame. In fact, it doesn't have any limits. It springs upwards to new heights. For the squiggle, words are agents of inspiration. They offer us new paradigms, or as Buckminster Fuller expressed it, a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. And finally, the rectangle. In Dr. Susan Dellinger's original model, the rectangle is displayed as the fifth shape after the squiggle and in line with the others. In my blog, it was the frame around the other four. I use it as frame for the others because it's the shape of choice. It says, we can choose the shape we're in. In other words, it answers the question, which is the best shape, i.e. conversational style, to use for this part of the conversation? It may be that we're in a crisis situation where we need to stick to the facts and take focused action. In this case, the box is the frame for that stage of the conversation. It may be that we need to understand the scenario from multiple perspectives, from the angle as it is seen by each party, in which case the triangular frame is ideal. Having established the facts and understood the subtleties of seeing the facts from each party's perspective, the time may have come to co-create a solution that honours the feelings and values of each party. In this case, we are in circular territory. Or we may have established sufficient grasp of the information, understood each party's perspective, built and established mutual trust and rapport, and are now ready for a new level of thinking that transforms the results we can achieve together. Think about colour coding these conversations. It's fun, isn't it? Practically speaking, I colour code the conversational streams. I use black for black box data-driven thinking. Just give me the facts. Red for the red triangle road signs that we have here in the UK, where we signal our intention from our perspective. It might be, look out, there's a bend or slow down, there's a, a roundabout. They're, they're command perspective frames. Green for the green circle of ecology, a balanced, emotionally intelligent stream that takes into account the feelings, beliefs and values of all involved. And then blue for blue sky thinking, where we lay aside the limitations of the existing paradigms or circumstances and answer the question, what if? What if there were no limits? What if there were no restrictions? What if we can overcome together? With a pen that has four colours at the ready, it's easy to take note in a meeting and honour the four conversational styles. You can also jump between the styles and track everything that's going on. In a sales scenario, for example, an objection could be seen as a request for more data, black ink, rather than an emotional attack on the salesperson. Using the think pen conversationally can remove all antagonism and create a stage-by-stage -stage progression towards a co-created win-win outcome. Now, this is very much in tune with Judith's book, so I do recommend her book. Maps and Territories. Judith also quotes the amazing Alfred Korzybski, who in 1931 introduced the phrase, the map is not the territory, a phrase much loved by those of us who enjoy neuro-linguistic programming. The map is not the territory, explains how words are maps of reality rather than the reality itself. In this article, in this blog, in this podcast, we've suggested that words can be, for example, a map of the data that best represents the territory, our black ink.
a map of the angle from which we viewed the territory, our red ink, a map of the way we feel about the territory, our green ink, and a map of how we could transform the territory to our mutual advancement, the blue ink. All manner of unnecessary trouble can arise when we confuse the map for the reality. Imagine using an emotional map to describe the factual features. It just ain't going to work. Great communication is necessarily an exchange of maps. I might say, here's what my map looks like. And you might say, hey, that's interesting. This is what my map looks like. And then I can say, oh, that's weird. How do I read your map so that I understand it better? And then bingo, suddenly the conversationalists are on the same page, or at least looking at the same map from mutually understood perspectives. Back to the virus. The territory, the reality, post-corona will be very different. It will need new maps and new conversations. Italy is already being changed. Spain is not far behind. Businesses that depend solely on Chinese manufacture are going to think twice in future. Restaurants are going to embrace the phenomenal power of taking the food to their customers. Well, at least that's my takeaway. Countries may begin to reinvest in their own production capabilities. Companies will embrace and leverage remote working in a way where there is greater trust between employer and employee and far higher productivity. I suspect there's going to be an impact on internet access as well. The, um, the breadth of the bandwidth. More meetings than ever will be virtual and corporates will think very carefully before flying team members out to meetings. Universities are going to question the wisdom of depending upon the fee income from foreign students. Musicians and theatre groups will explore the commercial opportunities of live streaming. Many are already doing this. Most families will grow a toilet paper tree in the back garden, just in case. And many of us will never shake hands again. Thank goodness for Mr Spock. Live long and prosper. But what about you? What about me? And what about our businesses? With a think pen, a simple four-colour pen, I'm going to suggest that you create, or ideally co-create with your team and key customers, your own map to the future. If you're working on this together on a large sheet of paper, you don't need a think pen. You just need four different coloured pens so you can all muck in and sketch out this amazing vision of how great the future could be. Beginning from where you are, you'll benefit from mapping out the facts, the perspectives, your shared values, and how you want to feel as you move collaboratively through this season of change. Most importantly, you can co-create the future that you would prefer to share. It will be a future where collaboration and mutual trust must thrive, something I call symbiosis in honour of the already existing model in nature. As Buckminster Fuller didn't quite say, symbiosis is that new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Symbiosis is not a new model. It's an already existing biological and ecological model that is a win-win for both organisms. But it is a model fit for our future. If you've not come across it before, a lichen is a good example. That's a plant and um, a fungus. And they live together as one organism, like a marriage. And the fungus is very, very good at fixing and capturing water in the air. And the plant, of course, can turn energy from the sun into food for their shared life together. That's symbiosis. In a slightly more detached way, the oxpecker, this wonderful, brave little bird that goes into the mouths of crocodiles and alligators to pick out bits of um, food left over from the crocodile's teeth. 
and the crocodile decides not to eat the oxpecker because it's doing a win-win service. Amazing. Symbiosis. Instead of the self-interest we're seeing here from the majority of consumers in the UK, we will need to see mutual interest where suppliers, producers and consumers come around the map and create a future map where we can all feel happy. Create that future territory where we all go, yes, work well done. And for you and I who own our own businesses, let's hear the clear message. We must leverage distance communication to build conversations that create no like trust responses from our existing customers, our existing suppliers, and from our future customers. If it's true that there are now 14 touch points before people build no like trust as a response, um, we can't have quite the same touch points as we had before. Many of those touch points are going to have to be online and digital. And so we must pour our humanity and our personality and our character into online digital means of communication. This is going to mean upping our game when it comes to meaningful, valuable, trusted social media that truly adds value to the community in which we live and move and have our business being. It most definitely means overcoming all barriers, mental and technical, to producing credible video with great audio so that your audience and viewers tap into the dual power of seeing is believing and faith comes from hearing. Trust and confidence comes from their emotional response to our signature sound. Do they like the sound of your voice? I know most of you don't like the sound of your voice, but it's about your customers. Do they like and trust the sound of your voice? Many colleagues, more eloquent and experienced in podcasting than I, have said for months that podcasting is the only channel where potential customers willingly allow you into their private space. For example, they will take you down the gym with them. They will let you share their car on their journeys to work and to see clients. They will listen to you on headphones, allowing your voice and message to enter their minds. They'll go for a walk with you and maybe even share a run with you. Well, tummy is very noisy today as well. If you can hear that on this wonderful microphone, that's my digestion. <laughs> I hope you're digesting this podcast. They'll go for a walk with you and maybe even share a run with you is what I just said. <laughs> hey, some will even take you into the kitchen, listen to the sounds of your tummy digesting, the bathroom and often even the bedroom. Yikes. You can be their morning welcome to the day. And the last voice they hear at night. I remember that great song by Rush. Begin the day with a friendly voice, a companion unobtrusive. Oh, that's your job. That's your mission. Talk about intimate conversations. So we need to develop, along with Judith, conversational intelligence. During times of enforced isolation, many will need a sense of belonging and comfort and connection. Your YouTube channels, yes, plural, and your podcasts can add that human warmth and humanity that is more difficult, though not impossible, to add in a written blog. Be their friend in their time of need. Your friend, Lex. So that's the end of the podcast's content. I wanted to give you some recommended resources. You can still get Susan's amazing book uh, on psychogeometrics, Communicating Beyond Our Differences, Introducing the Psychogeometric System, Dr. Susan E. Dellinger. And Susan's changed my life. She's been such a blessing to me. So thank you, Susan. Conversational Intelligence, as we've been talking about there by Judith E. It might be Glasser, Glaser, G-L-A-S-E-R. Uh, wonderful book. Neuland Moderation. In the UK, I met this most amazing chap. 
called Keith Warren Price. And Keith has a moustache to go with that magnificent name, Keith Warren Price. And he heads up Neuland Moderation, which is originally German, in the UK through Pinpoint Creative Facilitation, which is a process combined with the most beautiful kit. So when you have your pens to map out your future with your uh, with your colleagues and with your customers. Uh, Neuland Moderation, or Pinpoint Facilitation as it's known here, is a great source of the most beautiful stationery and uh, methodology to achieve this. I recommend mind mapping software as well. I use regularly iMindMap, but it is unfortunately being discontinued. There is a aspect of software that will be replacing it, so I'll keep you updated there. And then if you're going to use a four-colour pen, you can get a big four-colour pen or you can get a gift from me. But the, the king of think pens is the Lamy 2000 ballpoint pen multicolour. It's gorgeous. It feels nice. It writes beautifully. And you'll feel posh and empowered when you use it. I'm going to ask you to support me to serve more. I make my main living by writing and my secondary living by helping people with video and social media. But my main living is what you're experiencing here, my writing and podcasting and broadcasting. What I'd like to do and what I'd like to continue to do is provide content free of charge at the point of consumption. I don't want any barriers to people getting hold of stuff that's been useful to me and useful to my colleagues. So this allows everyone, regardless of their personal circumstances, free access to ideas and methods that just might change their lives for the better. I live in hope. However, living is expensive here in the UK and I have bills to pay such as podcast hosting on SoundCloud and Buzzsprout. So if you have the means and the motive to say, thank you, Lex, here's the opportunity. Frankly, no one is supporting me yet. So this is the golden moment, that golden opportunity to become my partner in making a positive difference as we put humans first. And I'm deliberately using humans first there because they are... My new tribe, I love the Humans First community. Check them out using the Humans First hashtag. Wonderful people. So how can you do it? Well, you can do the equivalent of buying me a coffee at a site called Coffee, which is ko-fi.com forward slash magnanimous. Let's be generous. Not only will you have my gratitude, but you will be doing your part to amplify the reach of posts that I trust will enrich lives. And the more successful we become, the more I can bring my friends in with wisdom far greater and far reaching than my own wisdom. Collaboratively, we can create great content that can transform people's lives for the better. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening. And thank you for being my friend. <laughs>